0: regardless of whether or not you have a syndrome, you've got your own weaknesses and you've got your own strengths and you've got right. your failures and you've got your victories. That is universal. That is what it is to be human. So I think in that respect, regardless of what you're battling with or what makes you different, you've still got something of value to offer this world. You just need to dare to believe in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead, It's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most. Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian-Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Are you ready to make 2024 the best year ever? If you want 2024 to be the year that you live fully, boldly, and more passionately, then I'd love for you to be part of my 12-week group coaching program called Live the With. I have taken the best benefits from my one-on-one coaching programs and added it to a group program. It is going to be a 12 week program in which we have daily meditation, weekly breath work. And twice a month, we are going to have very specific content in a group coaching format. If you are ready to finally manifest the life of your dreams, to become a magnet for the blessings that you are seeking to reduce stress and burnout and create optimal health, to learn to stop listening to the limiting beliefs and doubts and fears that are holding you back and finally create the habits and routines that allow you to take daily aligned, inspired action towards the life of your dreams, then I'd love for you to apply for this program. You can get all the details at anetta backslash live the with. There is an opportunity for you to apply to be a part of the program. We'll schedule a quick call with me. And if this sounds like you are an energetic match, I'd love for you to be a part of this program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out and I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. My guest this week is Becky Tilley, and Becky is a passionate advocate for embracing uniqueness and finding strength in adversity. Her personal journey with a rare diagnosis, as well as her experiences as a parent, inspired her to share her story with others. Through her writing, she hopes to inspire individuals to embrace their own journeys and celebrate their unique paths. I was so inspired by Becky's story And the work that she is doing in this world on behalf of her children and behalf of anybody that finds themselves as feeling like they're on the outside. They feel that they're other, that maybe they've been bullied for their uniqueness. The conversation was so inspiring. And Becky is just such a rare, bright light in this world. You'll feel her energy. I just loved our conversation. I learned so much about her and her family and she is just doing amazing things in this world. And I would love for you guys to hear her story. Take a listen. Becky, it is such a pleasure to have you with me today. Thanks for joining.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I actually heard Christina Driscoll talking to you from Brave podcast. And that's how I found your podcast. that's
1: right. I love it. I love these interconnection points and just figuring out like the world is not as big sometimes as we think it is. Do you mind sharing just a little bit about your background and maybe a little bit about your journey?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, my journey is quite rare. And I am saying that because my whole author journey started, my whole content creator journey started and encouraging and inspiring people through a rare disorder diagnosis for not just me, but for my son. In fact, had my son not been born, I still wouldn't know that I had de devries syndrome. And I found out in the most unexpected way imaginable. I already had a little girl who was born perfectly happy and healthy, no issues whatsoever. Developmentally, she was doing just fine. I fell pregnant with my son, expecting the same. There were no red flags during the pregnancy. After he was born, however, Things took a downturn. He was rushed off to NICU, who was struggling to breathe properly. His limbs were really lax. He was floppy. And that was a terrifying moment. But I kind of thought once they got him breathing again, that that would be us going home. I didn't expect it to be anything more than a rough delivery kind of thing. But they actually said he has something called floppy baby syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the medical term for that was hypertonia, which I'd never heard of in my life. And I was completely thrown by this information and they said we're going to have to run some tests to find out what has caused this what genetic disorder or disease might have given him hypertonia and this was three weeks before the pandemic started as well oh my gosh so he spent 34 days in NICU altogether. together blood test after blood test he was severely jaundiced so he needed light therapy as well And it was just a complete unknown. I didn't know what was going on. And it was only 18 months later of him still going in and out of hospital for blood tests, but doing really well. Even though he had hypertonia, he was walking by age one. Wow. A happy, healthy, active little boy. We poured so much faith into him and encouragement. We got him a physio on board. And we just thought, as we still had no diagnosis after multiple jabs that he'd had, we thought maybe he is okay. Maybe they were wrong
1: yeah
0: um and I fell pregnant again with my third beautiful child and four months into the pregnancy I get a telephone call from my geneticist to say we have a diagnosis for Josh so she told me obviously to sit down and I think part of the reason why was because he inherited it from me so he got the disorder that caused hypotonia from me and not only that there was a 50% chance my unborn child would have the syndrome too and she does. So actually the three of us all have Kudan de Vries. So when you look at it, it's almost like a triple diagnosis without even knowing it. Because even before she was born, she had it. I've never
1: heard of this before. So can yes. you just explain to us just a little bit more of what it is? Because you said you'd never heard of this before either. And you no. didn't even know. How old were you at the time when you were pregnant?
0: Oh, well, I was 38. Okay. Um, and de Vries was first diagnosed in 2006. Wow. So, so it is considered a rare chromosome disorder, as in it's not common. I can talk to any doctor about it and they ask, do well, you spell it do you write it down like they've not heard it before. So yeah. it does affect everyone. There's a spectrum, same as with most disorders and diseases. It can affect everybody differently. Right. I know that for my son and my daughter, they were both born hypertonic central mm. and peripheral hypotonia so they both needed a physio mm. therapist and they both need speech and language therapy as well to support okay. them with their speech they both do sign language which is amazing they've got fantastic comprehension they understand everything which I really count a blessing whereas for me I didn't walk till I was nearly two myself okay. and I was chatting, which doesn't surprise anyone, when I was a lot younger than them. I didn't need any speech and language therapy. I was an early talker. Yeah. So, oh, so interesting. It shows how it, how it varies. And also it can affect your heart and kidneys, can be defects and abnormalities. Also developmental delays and mild to moderate intellectual disability. 50% of those with KDVS also have epilepsy as oh well. I mean, thank goodness, again, that myself and my children haven't had any signs or episodes of that, which is another you, you really learn with things like this to count your blessings. Things a lot of mm-hmm. people wouldn't think twice about. You think, wow, I'm really thankful for that, that my kids can understand what I'm saying, even if they can't verbalize back what they right. know. The fact they understand everything I'm saying. I just I'm so thankful for that.
1: How old are Josh and then your other, you said, yeah, is it Avery. a girl? Yeah, his name is Avery, Avery. yeah. yeah. So is she- how old are they now? Yeah.
0: Turned two, 20th of September, and Josh was three on the 10th of March this year. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: And they're thriving? Do you find that they're doing ex- well now that you have a diagnosis? Yeah.
0: Good. yeah, it completely altered how I view myself. And I think it's given me a lot of calm over mm-hmm their diagnosis because I've got it myself so in a strange way it's actually been a gift because I've got such a huge heart to encourage them and comfort them and believe in them because I almost just reflect back on my childhood self what did I need when I was struggling as a kid to learn and develop and because I had learning difficulties myself all through school and I just think well I get to be their biggest advocate and their biggest cheerleader because I know what it's like to be delayed compared to others but yet my son this week strung two words together for the first time which is a huge (laughs) milestone he was hiding from his sister was pretending to be a tiger in the kitchen and he said I hear I hear and he's never ever put two words together amazing it was absolutely joyful and just stuff like that it's like music to your ears it's something you savor and treasure and write about Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A real gift. And they're both so happy, joyful, full of life, playful, energetic. Yeah. So in, in many ways, they're like you'd expect any other child to be. And and I always encourage mm. them to celebrate that. And I don't treat them differently. I give them the extra support they need, but I just adore them and embrace them as they are. So mm. Becky
1: You were 38 when you were pregnant, and then you had the diagnosis. And so take me back to your childhood, because you said you had some challenges growing up. You didn't know what it was from. Your parents probably had no idea either. What was that like, always feeling like you had to catch up?
0: It was a horrible feeling, to be honest, especially as a child. There's a lot of frustration there, at least there was for me. Why can't I keep up? Why was I so different? And I was always sociable, which is actually one of the KDBS traits that I take to heart as something positive is that yeah. friendly, sociable personality. I thought, well, that's me all over. I've always been that <laughs> way. Yeah, so regardless of my developmental difficulties, I was always in special needs class for so English and maths. That was from first school right through to high school. I was always in the support groups yeah. for those classes. But the beauty of that is, is that regardless of how much I struggled and how much difficulty I had in the playground with playground bullies, yeah. even in the classroom because I was an easy target because my self-esteem and confidence was so low mm. and because I couldn't keep up with everyone I might sort of well have had like a red spot on my back in terms of it was so easy to target me and that's why I build my kids up so much I encourage them so much I celebrate yeah. them so much every single day because I know that's what it feels like and regardless of that I still had a love for English for reading, for writing. I would put my hands up in spelling tests and I would actually get them right. I'd be ticking off all these words (laughs) because that was my strength. That was the one thing at school that I actually really enjoyed and looked forward to. I couldn't wait for it to be English class. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And it's come full circle because now as an adult, I've authored my first book. (gasps) That's amazing. Which is incredible because I'm not practically minded. I'm not academic in the least. But I'm very creative I've got a way of expressing myself through words I love to encourage people and build people up and I've managed to make you know a real gift out of that to give others and hopefully inspire other people who felt like an outsider or a misfit whether it's growing up because even in the workplace I encountered very much the same thing mm-hmm. frustrated bosses colleagues that would kind of leave me out if you know what I mean because I just wasn't at their level yeah. and so kind of followed me through most of my life most of my childhood and adult life I just felt like there was something wrong with me why wasn't I like everybody else and the wonderful thing is that the diagnosis actually freed me to understand why I'm the way that I am mm-hmm. and to just embrace it uh, with confidence and to see the gift and the beauty in it and I believe I've succeeded in that because of how many people have been encouraged by my story. And I'm just very thankful and I'm glad that I can use that as an example for my kids, that what makes them different can still be something that makes a positive change in this world. And I would really love them to witness that through my life.
1: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your mission and the book that you've written. Like, Tell us the title of the book and why you wrote it in the first place.
0: Yeah, well, it's called Thrive Rare, Embracing the Uniqueness Within, which is something I learned to do. And originally, I'm someone that loves quotes, like bumper sticker quotes. I'm always on Pinterest or Instagram looking up quotes of the day. And I thought, because I love doing it so much and I love encouraging people, why not write my own quotes book? So I'd written originally 365 of my own quotes on faith, love and life. And Mm -hmm. that's originally what my book was going to be. And then I thought, you know, it looks a bit sparse when you just see a load of quotes line after line. And and I just thought I need something more to it. So I thought as a lot of it was for my own life experience and what I lived and learned, I decided to apply some life experiences to these quotes. So I thought of as many things as in either a real life experience or something I learned to share to go with it. And then underneath, I thought the last thing I need is something for people to be able to take away from that page. Mm -hmm. Is then What did that page mean? So I put something to remember at the bottom. Mm. And that is a thing that people can take away from it to think about, to reflect on, to wonder how it relates to them, basically. And then I ended up doing a whole book of what I just explained there. And I talked about parenting. I talked about life and everything that comes with it the joy and the pain and the laughter and the tears and I just talked about you as a unique individual and what that means to embrace what it is to be yourself
1: Mm -hmm. oh that's so beautiful and can you imagine that the day your kids are old enough to be able to read the book and for you to be able to share that with them it's going to be such a beautiful gift
0: it will yeah I've made sure that at the front of the book I dedicated it to my family and to my husband and my kids. So yeah, we're very special when they're old enough to understand what I did.
1: Mm. So tell me after... You had your children, you had the diagnosis. And when did you start to really be fueled by this mission to be able to share your story and to coach others and to come onto podcasts yes. and talk? Because everyone that hears this story, regardless of what's going on in their own life, who has felt other or has felt different, is mm. going to benefit
0: from what you are sharing. Yes. Well, that was absolutely my hope. I mean, it all started, funny enough, was. When I was searching for my own hope stories to encourage me, I've lived my whole life with anxiety disorder, which could also be to do with my upbringing, always feeling like an outsider, but also my syndrome itself. So they could both be linked as to what caused it. And so immediately after the diagnosis, I was Googling hope stories on hypertonia. It was in stories that are out there, of families that have overcome the odds of kids, like you said, that are thriving, and loving yeah. life, and parents that won't give up on their children, and they just keep believing in them, regardless of what the doctors say. And I found them, and I would read them every single day. I took screenshots of them so I could just keep filling myself with these stories of hope. And then I joined a KDBS community online, and I introduced myself. I introduced Josh that he was walking, and after being diagnosed with hypotonia. I explained that I'd been to college and I got a diploma in performing arts. And yeah. so I thought, what could I share as an individual with couldn't have raised, mm-hmm. There's a new syndrome that everyone in the group that I could see had really young children or young adults, not anyone the age of 38 to, to yeah. share a story. And obviously I was happily married, got a wonderful husband. I already had a, a child and was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so just yeah. I've got so much to share that could mm-hmm. possibly bring hope to to people and the response was really overwhelming they were just so glad that i found their group that i could share my story and so i finally had somewhere that i could be an encouragement so instead of seeking it i could be it and i just thought i don't want this to stop because i had this syndrome and i always will have it and i'm raising two children with the same i thought i could really just make a difference here for as long as i live or quit this so i started my own international rare disease and disorder support group. So if anyone could join, regardless of what their disorder or disease is. So that was set up. And there's over hundred members in that group oh, Fantastic, and from all over the world, which is amazing. And they're not all KDBS either. There are lots of different conditions. And I just wanted to be a safe space where I could mm-hmm. encourage a daily post on my kids' progress, what I've been up to like becoming an author and just hopefully offer some hope to people. And I offered a UK KDBS support group which is same Facebook one and they've had days out they've organized I've not been able to make it to any yet but they've had meetups and shared the photos in the group and been able to connect and share because obviously every country has a different way of managing children with additional needs and the support they offer and the guidance so people have been able to share in the UK what do you do about this or about that so I set those up which was wonderful, wow. and then after that, I decided to, I wanted to share my story, my personal story. So I first did that to the KDBS Foundation through a blog for them, and then I reached out to another foundation at Rare Revolution magazine, and it just went on and on. I've had 19 blogs published now
1: of oh, my wow. story.
0: Yeah, Oh Courageous Parents Network. So, yeah, there's a number mm. of different rare organizations I reached out to. And then I moved on from that to podcasts after... <laughs> publishing my book and I got my story into more mainstream platforms whereas my blogs were only for rare organizations it wasn't anyone outside of the rare community so yeah. I'm really really thankful that my message has now gone outside of the rare community to anyone who's ever felt different or like an outsider and that had that impact them negatively that they can see that actually you could make a real gift out of that and be a mm-hmm. hope to somebody else.
1: I'm just applaud you for all the work that you are doing and for the energy and the focus that you were placing and opening it up to an organization for just anybody who has felt like they were different or felt yeah. like they yeah. didn't belong in some way. And mm. so with what your son and your daughter particularly going through and the help that you've provided for them, is there early detection now that it's been diagnosed as a
0: disorder? Well. Interestingly enough, what I am pleased to say is how we got the diagnosis was through a tri-genome sequencing test. So it was okay. a blood test, Josh, myself and my husband. So we've all got a blood sample that's been put through a system to see if any rare diseases or disorders globally match mm-hmm. our DNA as such, our, our blood sample. And Josh and I both came back as a match for KDVS, and that's how we found out and this is after 18 months and they literally said this is the last test we can give you there are no other tests to provide you anywhere this is the wow. last one and it was that last one that gave us the answer which is incredible really so now families instead of having the 18 months of extensive blood tests that, that we had they go straight to the tri-genome they start oh, good. With okay so yeah so parents can be saved a whole year plus of random blood tests in the hospital just to have one test done and get maybe the result that we had. That's amazing. Is that available everywhere, worldwide now? I like to think so. I mean, we were the first in the UK to have it done. Mm. Yes, and no one else in England had had that tri-genome test done before. And it was a success. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: interesting that that was the last thing to be done. You would think that with the blood test, right? It just, you know, instead of doing the tests are more maybe symptoms-based? Is that what was taking place yeah. before that? Yeah, yeah
0: they looked at all the things hypotonia could be linked to, like Prada-Willi syndrome, a whole cerebral palsy, I guess more common known things it could right. be attributed to. But yeah, 18 months is a long time to be being tested for something. So in the end, my husband and I wondered if he would get diagnosis. Maybe he's grown out of it. As in, like, we didn't know what to expect anymore. So to get yeah. that cool. Four months into my pregnancy was such a huge surprise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, there you have it. I've seen the good in it. So that's good. So you've
1: used the word gift and gratitude a couple of times. And so what do you want other people to know? Maybe those that are listening and they felt alone or felt like they didn't necessarily belong. What words of hope do you want to share for anybody who may be listening and going through something themselves or maybe experiencing it in their family?
0: I think the most important thing is that you're not alone Mm -hmm. and you do have a purpose, even though it might not be a conventional purpose, like most people. I mean, when you look at me in the world of work, for example, I always struggled. I would go from job to job. I've had countless jobs just going from one thing to the other because I just couldn't keep up with everyone else. And it would be easy to look at that, think there's nowhere in this world that I fit. There's nowhere in this world that I belong. No (laughs) groups that I fit into. And, like i said to feel like you're an outsider to feel like you're a misfit and the truth is there is such a gift in that because i know i did for a long time you kind of feel like you're the only one you think everyone else is sorted everyone else is successful and thriving and popular and you're the one that isn't but actually there are so many
1: Mm -hmm. like myself
0: that feel that way and that by choosing to consciously and deliberately and purposefully day in, day out, celebrate what's good about you, what's great about you. Like, I could constantly berate myself. I'm not practical or academic. I just give myself a hard time about that all the time. But I'm actually really creative and I have a very nurturing spirit and I'm very encouraging. So those are the things that I I dwell on, that I spend time focusing on and building. I don't put so much energy into all the negative and it's encouraged other people. So really, as much as you think it's hard to be an outsider, there are so many others like you going through what you're going through, even if they don't voice it. Yeah. And by you being that voice and saying, I've been there too, and this is how I am dealing with it. This is what's great about me, even though I'm different. This is what I can offer. This is what I can give. This is my purpose in life because Thrive Ret is the purpose I created. So mm-hmm. if you can't find a conventional route, create your own Create your own space in this world and your own purpose and and let that thrive. And honestly, when I was flitting from job to job and being bullied in school, I could never have imagined being here, a wife to a wonderful husband, three beautiful kids, a book author, and encouraging people from literally all around the globe only by being myself and choosing to yeah. see the good and the beauty in it. And mm. I believe if I can do that, then anybody can.
1: And what a beautiful message for you to share, not only with your kids, but also with your community. What are your hopes for the community that you've built? And what are your hopes for maybe the world that your children are growing up in?
0: Just that people will see uniqueness, not as something to be afraid of or to bully or ridicule, but as something that's beautiful, something that we can all learn from one another in some way, in some shape or form, regardless of whether or not you have a syndrome, you've got your own weaknesses and you've got your own strengths. And you've got your failures and you've got your victories. That is universal. That is what it is to be human. So I think, in that respect, regardless of what you're battling with or what makes you different, you've still got something of value to offer this world. You just need to dare to believe in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And where did you get that conviction? Where did you get your own strength (laughs) to know this?
0: (laughs) To be honest, when I think about that right now in the present, it would be my children. Oh, actually, Mm -hmm. the biggest, biggest motivators to see the good and the beauty in it because I am and could always be the only role model with the same syndrome that they have. Right. And and even for Bella, my firstborn, who who equally I adore just being a positive role model for her, just for life, because right. we all have our struggles in life. And I don't want them to go through what I went through. I don't want them to be the same insecure, down on their self, easy target for bullies that I was. When my kids go out, they're bold and they're smiley and they're happy and they wave everybody and they're just joyful. That They're not hiding away. They're not embarrassed to be who they are. They're just freely and happily loving life and being themselves. And Mm -hmm. that is not how I started my life. I was the opposite to that. And I was just desperate to have that free spirit that they have to just freely be myself and not feel embarrassed or ridiculed and I'm glad to say I'm thrilled to say even that Josh has been at nursery for over a year now and he is absolutely thriving even though he speaks through sign and uh, most of the time there's a few key words he says but most of it's sign language and his friends will sign back to him and um. they'll he'll join in activities with other kids he's never left out never left on his own everyone mm-hmm. loves him the staff love him equally so it's just makes my heart so happy to know that he's already not at the start I had. He knows he's accepted. He knows he's lovable. And that's really beautiful.
1: beautiful. But, you know, Becky, too, you mentioned that despite feeling the way you felt, you went to university, you've been working. Yeah. And so where did you get that perseverance to say, you know what? I'm going to keep pushing myself. I'm going to do the things that are hard, even if it's a little bit more difficult.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually have always wanted to be, and this won't actually make sense to a lot of people, but someone that makes a difference in the world. I've always really yeah. looked up to inspiring people. I've read the books and watched the movies of people that have gone through such hardship and such difficulty and adversity and things that anyone wouldn't blame them for just holding up a flag and quitting yeah, and just feeling woe is me. But they didn't. They powered through and they came out stronger for it and they're talking to the entire world and offering message of hope I thought I would just love to be one of those people but I had no idea how I mentioned this before actually and I literally said to God or the universe whatever you want to call that I really want to be someone that inspires the world Mm. and I don't know how but I want a hope story that's going to put me up there with the others that actually have been through something hard and that that they offer hope through that so they want to be one of those people and you've got to be careful what you ask for what you (laughs) pray for that came my way didn't it as in like that opportunity really did present itself yeah Uh, but I grab it with both hands
1: You sure did. I'm a mom too. And of course, anytime you want their life to be easier than your own. But as you think back, adversity builds character, adversity builds strength. And so if you have a different mindset around those things, it doesn't have to be the negatives, right? You listed off so many beautiful positives, even strengths that you have that you celebrate now and that you can love about yourself. And that's like such a beautiful universal message for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So what is next for you, Becky? Tell me what are some of the other things? Cause the way I see it is like, now you've, you're doing the podcast, you have these blogs, you have this organization, you've got one book written, like what is next? Because I can't imagine that you're going to stop now.
0: Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Inter- interestingly, as I said, I'm not practical or academic, but I love to encourage. So I have penned a new book. Oh, this my first gosh. One, and I completed it. My first draft is actually finished. So congratulations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's the perfect follow on from the first one. Mm. What well, can you tell I, us about it? Well, the first one, I gave people a lot of things to reflect on, to take away and think about how does that relate yeah. to me in my life? And then this one is a practical handbook on how to apply what I've talked about. Okay. So whether it's your relationships, whether it's self-care, whether it's finding a calling in life, all these yeah. wonderful things that I've examined, whether it's mindset, all these things, because mm. I went from, as I said, being a bullied outsider, going from job to job with no hope in the world really of ever becoming anything or being anyone, feeling like a loner to being a wife and a mother and an author and setting up groups, community groups that are global and all these kinds of things. And I just want others to know that it's possible for them too. And this is how it's possible for you. Yeah,
1: that's so beautiful. And
0: when will the book be published, do you think? Sometime next year? Yes, sometime next year, without (laughs) a doubt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not the best at formatting. I, I had to rely my husband's help a lot with that so I think we'll be again this time (laughs) but it's written it's all written good to go so oh that's fantastic congratulations on the second book
1: which is amazing and so if people are listening and they want to find you to work with you maybe just to see even how they can be of support what is the best way that they can find you
0: oh thriving rare on instagram i've got instagram profile i've also got thrive rare on youtube and I've got Thrive Rare Facebook page, and I've got Mama's Heart International Support Group. <laughs> <This is> quite, <laughs> quite a long title for anyone with a rare disorder and, and disease, and also the UK KDVS support group. So, like I said, I'm accessible to those with, with rare disorders, or those without. I just want to reach as many people as possible, really, like I said, with a story of hope.
1: Mm, that's so beautiful. And yeah. I ask everybody on the podcast what it means to them to live the width of their life. And how do you do that?
0: By doing what I'm doing, I think by waking up every day and making that conscious decision to embrace who I am. And I don't just mean the, the lovable parts either, the things that I'm yeah. good at and great at. but Actually, all of me, the have compassion for myself, because like I said, we've all got we've all got weaknesses and as I said before it can be easy just hone in on those things that we see as negatives about who we are and that can kind of shroud what is good and what is beautiful and what is great and what we could really use to make a difference to others and to ourselves so I would just say to me it's embracing life by embracing yourself fully is it embracing your uniqueness because to me for anyone to love their life has to start by loving themselves I don't believe you can have one without the other. If you really want to love life, get the most juice out of it and the most passion and purpose and you've first fully got to love yourself.
1: Becky, thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing in this world. Thank you for joining me today. And I have no doubt that you will continue to make such a positive impact in this world. And I look forward to your next book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If today's conversation inspired you to dream again, break out of your comfort zones or reflect on what it means to you to live more fully, then please follow this podcast because every week you'll hear more stories from people just like you who took imperfect action towards their goals, created more joy and are living the life that they always dreamt of living.